Loaded Bases, episode seven. A few months ago, the whole idea of starting a podcast kind of became a reality. The hardest part is just taking that first step and actually going for it. There's a lot more behind doing this than what people think. You got the editing process, the recording process, the publishing process. And you got to pretty much figure out what works for you. And also, you got to find your target audience. I am seven episodes in and I still am not firmly confident in saying what my target audience is. They also say that the seventh episode is where most podcasters stop. Either because they don't have an audience or they just stop with their idea alone because they do not know, know what to talk about. My next guest has been around this game for a while and has made it a name for himself in professional baseball, opening his own business, and also on the podcast. Loaded bases, we have Kyle Wilson here. How's it going? Good man, Mason. How are you, dude? Not bad. Just trying to survive out here. <laughs> I feel you. Aren't we? Aren't we all? I know you're. You're on the West Coast. It's probably a lot uh, prettier, for lack of a better term, than it is out here. It's starting to get pretty, pretty darn hot. I wish I was out on the West Coast right now. So, specifically, the Pacific Northwest. It's about. Let's see. Right now, I want to say it's about seventy-nine degrees, with twenty-five uh, percent humidity. Amen. So. What do you do? What is your job title? Oh, um, I, I wear many hats. So um, I guess I'll start with, uh, I own a baseball facility in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, we do a lot of sport performance stuff. We do a lot of individual training and then we run baseball and softball teams out of that. So with being an owner comes a lot of responsibility. And I also have a, a, a partner involved in it as well that that handles a lot of the the day-to-day operations so when i'm at my other job which i'll get into here in a second um it allows me to kind of step away and not have that responsibility but since this quarantine hit i am uh, fully into the facility life uh, into training our kids into the the operations team um, started a podcast a couple months ago so i host that I'm busy you know editing writing scripts reaching out to people it's and a lot and, of work trying to, oh it, you know what? It's, it's a ton more work than you think. Yes. I've found that the, the preparation part for me is the, the, the most time consuming part. Um, I, I'm, I'm interviewing and it's probably a little bit different than, than loaded bases, the show that you're starting. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm diving into a lot of the player development side and how we train our athletes and, and coaches and how we can, you know, promote, to, to push the needle and, and to grow the baseball coaching community to, to help as many players as possible. So mm-hmm. um, do that. And then um, my quote unquote full-time job is uh, I'm the AAA hitting coach for the Tampa Bay Rays and uh, our AAA affiliate here is in, in Durham. That's the Durham Bulls. So I'm sure everybody Durham. knows that the, the, the famous movie. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, but unfortunately, unfortunately I obviously can't be driving to the yard every day. So, um, stuck in quarantine, I'm blessed for this facility and, and I've been cranking it out uh, on a day-to-day basis in here. How long have you been a, uh, I guess coaching? Jeez. Um, let's see. I stopped playing in 2011 after uh, a brief stint in professional baseball, came back, started this facility, uh, right at 2011 slash 2012. 
Um, so about eight years and I've been in professional baseball. This was going to be my second full season in professional baseball. Say so there's a lot of news going around, around right now about if and when you were going to go play, you're going to yeah. go coach. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's going to happen? Uh, yes, I, I think it needs to happen. Um, you know, I, without diving too much into this topic, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the sport and the game of baseball is something that I'm so passionate about. And I know I share that same thought process with millions of, of Americans that are just spectators when yep. watching the game. And I know both on the owner side and the player side right now, I know everybody wants the game of baseball to come yes. back. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so it's hard to see, you know, certain things play out the the way they have for sure. But I, I know that, you know, both parties have their best intentions and, um, so sometimes when you, when you have unions and you have, you know, multiple people, and, and I think more importantly, you have multiple people that are coming at this from different angles. It, it can be very, very difficult, but I am very, very optimistic that the game of baseball is going to be coming back and it's going to be different than we know it, but it, it's going to be better than ever. Like you said, baseball will be different. Like, cause there's a few things that I read that, uh, that they're going to put a DH this year and next year. I guess that was one of the, uh, proposal things. Do you think that there should be a DH in NL? Uh, See, I know so some, some baseball historians would probably, um, argue with this, but I think when you, when you're talking about the DH, the, the number one reason for that is for health reasons. Mm. Um, I actually work with a a player that got, just got drafted in the, in the first round, Patrick Bailey out of NC state. And he got drafted to the San Francisco giants. And one of the questions I asked him was, Hey dude, last year they drafted their first rounder was a catcher out of Georgia tech. I believe that's where he went. And, um, I was like, why you know, did they explain to you why they went with you as a catcher? And he was like, well, there's a lot of plans of, you know, in the future, the national league DH. So, you know what, t- to be honest, um, you know, Power is what everybody comes to the yard for, which they, they tune in for. Not only power arms, you know, seeing high-velocity guys with some amazing stuff, but uh, home runs and, and offense and, and production is what people tend to, to like. So I, I'm for it. Um, but to be honest right now, I just want the game of baseball to, <laughs> to come back and, and yeah. you know, get in the saddle again and doing what, what, what I love to do. And I know, you know, hundreds of, of coaches across the country, you know, are, are just itching at the bit to, to get back into it. So when you were younger, did you always see yourself as being a uh, coach or running you know, a, a facility that you, you know, are right now? You know, it's funny. Um, you know, I, I grew up with a, a pretty big baseball family. Um, my cousin, when I was in sixth grade, he, you know, progressed through the minor leagues and, and made it to the big leagues when I was in sixth grade. So I, I kind of got to see him, you know, go through the college ranks, play for Team USA, um, and then go through the minor league ranks. And mm. I personally wanted to be a baseball player. I emulated him to a T. I was thoroughly uh, invested in the game of baseball, and I never really thought that I would get into coaching. But it's funny when, when all of us as, as players, you know, get done, we've always associated ourselves with playing and being players. And when that ends, it's kind of like, uh, what do we do now? And even though I was fortunate enough to get my degree, it's kind of like, man, you know, and I did try the corporate world, but Mm -hmm. you know, what, what am I really, really passionate about and what do I really love? 
And obviously, as cliche as it is, everybody talks about, you know, find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. And when I start, started this facility and I started working with kids and um, just seeing the joy in their faces and, and how you can help them and, and teach life lessons through the game of baseball, I was sold. Mm. And, you're, you know, it's kind of like you're telling me that I get to do what I'm passionate about. I get to help people and I get to bring joy to people. And that is going to help them get to the next level, not in the game, not in the sport, but in, you know, their careers and, and being better husbands and, and fathers and, you know, getting degrees. I mean, that was, that, that won me over, that sold me. And, and, um, you know, I'm really, really fortunate that my playing career ended the way it did. So I could, you know, be introduced to the coaching realm. But if you ask some of my coaches going back, you know, I'll never forget when I got released with San Francisco in 2011, I went back to NC State and I walked in the coach's office. And one of the first things they said is, so when you get into coaching and, and it never really dawned on me. And then, you know, that was the second comment because when I got released, the, the Giants coaches, and it's one of my biggest regrets to this day, asked me if I had any interest in, in staying and in, in coaching. And they wanted to help me out as much as possible. And I was so bent out of shape at that point. I wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with baseball. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny a lot of times, and I know a lot of coaches will probably say this, other people see, you know, what, what you're passionate about and what, you know, they think you're going to be good at before you really see it. Yeah. Um, and we do the same thing with our players, man. It's, it's like, you know, I see you being this and until you believe you can do that, it's probably not going to happen. So um, I, I did not see myself as a coach, but I, I'm so fortunate that I'm in this profession. Yeah. It's like, it's funny that you said that, that when you're done playing, and you find you're passionate about the game and you find your way to, to keep on being passionate, like, like without playing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong though. Like no. I, when I was playing, I was so like into it. Right. No. But I definitely but I understand am, what you mean. I, I definitely understand like what you're saying. And, and, but it's funny because it's a different joy and, yeah. and it's when you're, when you're coaching and helping people, um, it, you know, obviously there's nothing selfish about it. Yeah. I think as a player, you enjoy the team camaraderie, you, you enjoy the, the memories in the locker room and you enjoy, you know, simplistic things like taking BP and running down fly balls or catching ground balls or that. Yeah. Um, interactions with teammates. But at the end of the day, you're trying to advance your career. Right. Yep. And it's kind of, you know, anyone that says they're not selfish playing as players, they're lying to themselves. They could be really good teammates, but they're also a selfish component to it. When it comes to coaching, it's, it's, you have to be selfless. And, um, you know, that's something I think as a new coach, I learned, but, um, it, it's a different joy. And, and I think it's a, it's a greater joy and it's a greater satisfaction, you know, resting easy at night, knowing that, you know, you, you had an opportunity to, to help, you know, other people. Yeah. Who, who would you say would be your, uh, inspiration, I guess, like behind all this? Hmm. That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's funny, we run our podcast and we ask the same things, but sometimes you don't reflect on, on the questions you're asking, but you know, growing up, um, my grandfather, um, I was, you know, my parents were, were with me at at all times. Um, but I really grew, grew close to, to my grandfather and, and he taught me a lot of values of, of hard work, family connections with people, um, and he was so, you talk about that word selfless. So yep. both my grandparents were, but, um, so selfless, um, gave up his time was at almost every single baseball game we had. So from a, from the human side, 
Um, certainly him from the baseball side, like I said earlier, I, I looked up to my cousin, um, you know, seeing him go through that whole process was, was amazing. You know, I got to, to, you know, he got called up to Comiskey Park and I got to meet Robin Ventura, be around Frank oh, Thomas, wow. Albert Bell. I mean, just Nomar Garcia Parra, Mo Vaughn, like all of these guys. Legends um, right there. Yeah. And, and all he, Hall of Famers. And, and he played with them on Team USA, but I was fortunate enough to, you know, go down in the locker room after games mm. and, and see these guys. And, and, you know, I was a lot closer to the game than, than watching on TV or sitting in the stands. So um, he would, had, had a huge impact in, in my life. Um, and then, you know, from a coach, like coach coaching me, yep. um, I had a, a youth baseball coach. His name is Chan Sheehy. He didn't play a lick of baseball his whole life he played basketball um but the the biggest thing that he taught me was to have fun and he was the most fun coach i've ever played with um you know but at the same time you you still respected him um he made the game so simple and mm. so easy and and so enjoyable and i think a lot of times especially as as you get to the professional level with all the stress and pressure and everything yep. that goes on in the game you know we forget that you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's pretty simple this game is a game and it's, it's fun. And if you take the joy out of the game, then it's going to be miserable. So he taught me a lot. I, I reflect now more so than I, I did then um, and, and realize how much he really did, you know, have, have a, a, a say or, um, you know, you know, how much he really, really helped my development as a baseball player and now into coaching. There's a few people out there that, that's a time like you do not realize that will have the long effects on you. Yeah. The, the, what's that? The famous quote, like, you know, the, you won't know that a coach or, or someone's helped you until, you know, 10, 15 years yeah. down the road. And, oh. and that's the truth. Like, you know, a lot of times players, when we're, we're in the moment, um, you know, they don't realize how much a certain coach, you know, maybe affected them. And that could be because yeah. it's a lot of tough love sometimes. And, you know, you, you hate them in the moment, but you look back and, and you realize like, holy cow, this guy did have my best interests at heart. And more importantly, I was growing and I couldn't see it. And when you sit back and reflect, you, you do realize that. And, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to play for who's going to be a Hall of Fame college baseball coach, the winningest coach in NC State history, Elliot Avent. And he, he's that guy. He embodies hard work. Um, he embodies a, a team culture. And he embodies a, a care for his players that you don't truly understand until you're done playing. Mm -hmm. And you can sit back and like, oh, yeah, that, this guy may have been an ass in this situation, um, but he, he was doing it because he cared about me and he wanted me to get better and he wanted our team to get better and he wasn't going to let anything sacrifice that. And, um, you know, it's special when you get to be around you know, guys like that. Tough love. I think all of my favorite coaches that I have had in my life have given tough love at the time. You do not like that, but later down it's will separate you from the other players. If you've had that kind of experience. And not only that, but, but in life too. Um, oh yeah. Him, uh, yeah, for sure. My, my wife is probably the, 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 the one that gives me the most tough love um, and, and you hate it, but um, you need those people in your life, close friends and, and um, colleagues, yeah. uh, wives, significant others, whatever, that will hold you accountable. And that's the sign of a true friend um, yeah. and someone that, you know, really is invested in you. We don't need a bunch of, you know, 
yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah. Um, you know, type of people and, 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 or people that are always are agreeing with us. We need people to, to push us. And, and if we're not failing or kind of checking our, our egos at the door and looking ourselves in the mirror and mm-hmm. being held accountable to it, how, how do we really grow? Like, so my wife, it, she's the same way, exact same way. She tell you how it is. Yep. We just had a conversation today earlier because she, she, well, because apparently I half asked something you now and she, she let me know. Yeah. And it, you know, it's funny that they, they uh, I've been at this uh, on this current day since about six 30 in the morning, it's, it's nine 15 on the East coast. And um, you know, probably not too happy that I, I've spent a lot of time <laughs> away. Um, so I'll, I'll be damned if I go home and, and I'm on my phone or answering texts or emails, she's going to hold me accountable to it. But, but I look back and it's like, you know what, I, I need to be rooted in what's the most important thing here. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, relationships and that's, you know, family and all that stuff. So we love them. We love them and we hate them at the same time, but they're, they're, uh, the, they're the driving force. And anyone who says they're not is, is absolutely crazy. Oh yeah. You started a podcast here about a month ago, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little over a month. Why did you start that? You know, this, this COVID stuff or that when they shut down spring training and in our facility, you know, we had to close the doors down too. And I have, yeah you know, director of baseball, director of softball, director of sport performance, and they were doing Facebook lives and Instagram lives and bringing on guests and interviewing them. And so we sit down and we're having a conversation and, and, and with my connections to professional baseball and the college baseball, you know, obviously it made sense to do, but we started thinking that, Hey, you know, we have over 150 athletes just on our teams alone. Um, not to mention the, the people that come in here and train. So can we do something to help us grow in teaching them, but then can we also do something to broaden our, our connections within the game of baseball mm-hmm. um, and, and, and push the envelope from a, a player development standpoint? And what I've found, it's, it's not only just myself, but it's also my um, director of baseball, Danny Healy. And he, he does a phenomenal job at, at, at really digging in deep and asking and preparing the, the right questions and, and getting, you know, some really, really solid answers out of our guests. Um, so, so we just kind of collaborated and we said, Hey, let's, let's, let's do it. You know, let's, let's go full force. And, um, selfishly for, for me, I, I wanted to get better at my communication skills yep. and how I articulated certain things and certain thoughts and wanted to broaden my connections in, in the game of baseball and, and have conversations with, with, you know, real people that are doing virtually the same thing I'm doing and not have those, you know, two or three questions that you might send someone on Twitter or shoot an email or a text. Yeah. Like I wanted face-to-face conversations. Um, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing? Um, where's your story? And then be able to connect with them. I, I'm a big, um, you know, call it human development. I've really taken an interest in that lately. And I like to find out, you know, why coaches do certain things, um, what they're truly about and their stories. Cause everybody has a unique story. Yep, They're all different. They're all different and they're all special in, in a way. So um, how can we capture that and, and let, you know, the world, you know, kind of hear that. So we're having a blast with it is a lot of fun. Like we were taking we yeah. earlier, but um, we, yeah, we absolutely love it. Yeah. So you have lots of connections. Yeah. And say, cause yeah. mine's a, mine's a complete opposite. Like I had a very few connections in this whole uh, industry and just, mm-hmm. I guess just using social media and, and then just sending out messages that helps. 
Yeah. No, no, no. And, and I'm still doing that too. Don't get, don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. but, but everybody is, you know, especially in the baseball community, it, it's so small. Um, everybody's connected through someone and, you know, again, it's not about what, you know, it's about who, you know, and, and more importantly, it's, it's like, how, how can I learn from these guys that are doing it at, at the best level and how can I get myself, you know, to their level. And, and it's funny too, because you, you, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, what's your you, favorite podcast? What's your favorite that you like religiously listen to? Uh, I, I'm good buddies with, with Jonathan Gellner, uh, ahead of the curve. I think mm-hmm. he does a, a phenomenal job. Um, I, I just followed them today, actually. Did you really? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a, he's a great dude, man. He's been doing it for two years and he, he's got some, especially lately, he's got some phenomenal guests and um, I think why I like him is because him and I have, you know, a friendship, mm-hmm. uh, bounce ideas back and forth. And, and um, you know, I want to support him as much as possible. Uh, it's funny. I don't have like a go-to show other than yeah. his. Um, I, I find out, you know, through social media or, or in, you know, coaches groups and, and group chats, you know, Hey, this is a great podcast. Listen to this. This is a great. So it's, it's so random. Yeah. Um, but I, I've been just with everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, I stopped listening to him a while ago and, and I've started again and it's Joe Rogan. And, and I think, you know, one, it's a lot of time to, to listen yeah, to that. It's like but, three hours long. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not going to get into the, you know, the whole political, <laughs> political yeah. stuff. But oh yeah. I, I share a lot of the same viewpoints as him and, and it's, it's, I guess it's just a comfort thing and it's, yeah. he's such, so good at interviewing people. And I'm the last two days I've been going through him and, and Jocko's podcast lately and it's, it's been really good, but head of the curve. And then lately it's been Joe Rogan. I'll probably be off that train here in the next week or two. And then yeah. on to the next. Yeah, no, like I listened to uh, starting nine. That is, that is my favorite barstool. Yes. Dude, you, you can't go anything. Barstool. barstool is, I will listen to them. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> They had that whole call your daddy that daddy ups. It's like a whole saga and drama. And, and hey, I, it's back. I got into that. Yeah, it's back mm-hmm. after they let someone off. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't listen to it, but I just, I follow Portnoy, man. It's funny because I've been yeah. following Barstool since 2006, 2000, well, probably 2007, 2008 religiously. And, you know, I've seen. That was way like, before me. Yeah. I mean, he says, you know, brick by brick and it's a really, really cool is if you can, if you can kind of sift through all the, the BS, um, that, you know, you may agree or disagree with, but, um, how that man has been able to grow that company. Talk about marketing. That is one marketing guru right there. He's a genius. He's an absolute genius and he does not care um, what people say. And, and he's special, man. It's, he's got a lot of controversial things that I know I, I disagree with. Um, but he, he's, he's very, very smart. And I really, really appreciate guys that start from the bottom and they get to the top, not to quote Drake, but you know, they, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're at the bottom and, and they, they just grind it and grind it and grind. It. I mean, the dude was delivering newspapers Yeah. and now he's a, you know, multi multi-millionaire and he's messing around with, you know, millions of dollars in the stock market. Just Wall because, street. Yeah. Just because he couldn't go into the office and continue what he's doing. So he's like, Hey, I'm just going to pick up the stock market. And Oh, by the way, like, to have the 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 marbles, for lack yeah. of a better term, to call out um, Warren Buffett, like, yeah. what? 
you know, yeah. and, and then, and then to succeed, like he's just, he's just, there's a lot to, to uncover and peel back with him. And it's, it's fascinating to, to follow that. I think he, uh, he actually on the fanatics on all of like the bidding, like for like the COVID donations. So he, I think he put in like a quarter of a million um, bid to go have uh, dinner Adele? and what? Well, yeah, I think Adele was like, yeah, no. Fortnite was uh, was arrested at the yep. Super Bowl. Yeah, and you know he has a felony record, so that's, that's their, a fake their get around. Yeah, <laughs> that's their get around when it when it comes to that thing. But you know, I would have paid to to watch him sit and have a chat with Roger Goodell and um, super stoked you know, for that. Yeah, again. Dave Portnoy is as controversial as they come, but like I said, it's it's fascinating for me to watch, and I really appreciate someone that you know, basically started with nothing mm-hmm. and has built this empire and is really good at what he does. So, in a weird roundabout way, you can pull some things from him. Oh yeah, and and get better yourself if you really kind of sift through the the BS and and the controversial stuff that I I disagree with a lot of it, but. Um, I, I respect the man and, and I respect what he's done and I respect that company. That's for sure. There's a few more companies that are trying to make content baseball wise, which I think is perfect to help brand baseball. Like uh, momentum. That's, that's Trevor Bowers. Company. Yeah. Yeah. I have their, I have their hat on right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Routine baseball. I think they do really well as well. Yeah. And actually, I have a routine baseball shirt on. Actually, yeah. I haven't. I haven't looked into too much of that, but um, yeah, check out momentum for sure. Well, I have. I've kind of stayed away from everything that's going on right now, and I know mm-hmm. Trevor's very, very outspoken when it comes to what's what's going on right now. Yeah. Um, but I do know that you know a lot of people have have watched him, and and you know, again, I respect people that are willing to throw themselves out there, and you know give more and, and grow something and, and do more than just, you know, throw, throw a lot of fastballs hard. And, and when you get taken out of a game, chuck a baseball into, into the outfield or over the fence, like, um, you know, so it, it's cool for me being in the business world to see yeah. businesses grow and, and do, you know, successful things. Well, cause at the end of the day, baseball is a business. And I think that's a big part of the behind the scenes. Yeah. A lot of people forget that any, any sport entity is, is a business and um, you know, it's, it's always hard for, for us in, in the coaching world. Um, business decisions need to be made, but when you make relationships with the players, it's, it's hard sometimes for even the players and for us to understand you know, why a certain decision was made. And, and you do, because we're dealing with humans um, in, in a very, very high intense sport with a Mm -hmm. lot of pressure Um, you you build that that relationship with them and you do forget that there is a business side of it and and by the way a multi-billion dollar business so um, very very large businesses and you're 100 right so the cubs signed david ross as their coach and he was a player just a few years ago do you think that that will affect the team having him Um, as the coach I think that it's going to affect the team in in a positive light. Um, you know, I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know Dave, David Ross. Uh, I I don't, um, you know, 
I don't know how that's going to go, but I do know that, you know, he was a, a guy that had a commanding presence and was sort of like a coach when he was playing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see it being any different. Um, you know, the, the best part about that is he can put himself in the player's shoes and deplore empathy. And he truly understands where the players are coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he truly knows how to develop a culture as a player. Um, maybe as a coach, it's a little bit different, um, you know, commanding everybody, you know, cause you're, you know, most coaches and I, I say this all the time, you know, we as coaches, um, sometimes, especially at the lower levels, you know, we as coaches think we're here and the players yeah. are here and, and it should really be, you know, we're at the same level and we're all in this and, and maybe even coaches a little bit below or in the sense that we can at times be above when we have to hold players accountable, but the coaches, you know, don't force players to do certain things. It's best that the players take career or, yeah. or ownership of their own careers. And we're just facilitators to, to help guide them. Um, Cause we find joy in, you know, seeing them get and reach their dreams and knowing that we had, you know, a 0.1% of that, you know, is, is, is an amazing, amazing thing. So I never thought about that one. I'll tell you this quick story. So Go ahead. Um, we're, we're in, um, we're in double a last year. We're in the Texas league and I was coaching the Seattle Mariners organization. Phenomenal organization, man. We had a, an amazing staff, um, you know, just case in point, we had Mitch Canham, who's now the head coach at Oregon state. Um, being around that man for four months was such a blessing. Um, he's, he's a, he's a powerful individual that is, is, is infectious. Um, but then we also had Pete Woodworth, who is now the big league pitching coach for Seattle Mariners. And we had Andy Bissell, who is now, um, I think the, the video replay coordinator in the big leagues. Mm. Um, and we had a guy named Matt Mastretta, who was kind of, it's kind of funny. He was our video coordinator at the affiliate and he was kind of the glue that kept us all together. Um, fantastic individual. And then I, I've since moved on as well, but, um, it's not about us. We had a, we had a great interaction as a staff, but the players that we had, man, um, were, were so awesome and they were really freaking talented, mm-hmm. but they were, they, they created a, a good chemistry. And, um, one of the coolest moments I've, I've ever, um, been a part of was when we got knocked out of the playoffs by the Dodgers affiliate in, in Tulsa. Um, we had five guys get called up to the big leagues and our manager, Cesar Nichols, who I didn't mention is, is guy I stay in touch with all the time. He's, he used to run our, uh, or still does in Seattle, their Dominican Academy, another unbelievable person that, you know, would give the shirt off his back for, for anyone. And, um, you know, he, he mentioned or, or announced to the players, um, I won't spill the exact details, but yeah. To see the emotion on the players' faces and them, you know, break down and, and cry and how it was delivered, Caesar and, and Pete did an amazing job, um, was like, holy shit, you know, we just got knocked out of the playoffs. We're devastated because we're going to go home and it's back to quote unquote normal life. And, yeah. you know, we wanted, we wanted this, this, this ride to, to keep going. And, um, you know, we were pretty devastated and I know the players were as well, but to see them emotionally just like holy cow i'm going to the big leagues was like one of those things i'll never forget and and is so so special in double a triple a you're like you are close to getting 
And then yep, you're, you're one, one call away, you know, you're one shot. And they say, once you get to double a, you know, you're just, there, there's a, a decent amount of, of prospects. I know Mike Trout's one of them and yeah. he got called up straight from double a. Um, and there's a lot, you know, you, you talk about September call-ups and organizations run it differently. Um, sometimes they, they stack prospects in, in double a, or they have a ton of prospects in triple a. And it's just kind of, again, to the business side, it's just kind yeah. of, you know, what you have in your organization at that time and, and how they're developing and, and progressing through um, and, and how, you know, certain things like rule fives and, and all those plan out. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're, once you're in double A, man, you're, you're one step away, but here, here's the thing. These players are the best in the world at what they yeah. do. Oh yeah. And, and, and that's, I think again, a lot of times the general population doesn't realize that, um, the, the pressure that they're on, you don't know every day that you come to the yard, if it's going to be your last, mm-hmm. um, they don't know what it's like. And again, it, it's like, all right, well, they're playing a game. So how hard can it really be? But the pressure, baseball is all mental 100%. So the pressure and the scrutiny that they're getting, you know, from fans or their agents or outside sources, and then they want to attain this goal and they see that they're over the last 30 and like, where's my life going? And, and I'm 27 years old and I don't have a degree and I'm, I'm, you know, not making a ton of money and it's all this sacrifice to get to the big leagues. Like there's a lot. And, and I think, you know, what's funny is that a lot of um, people and, and my, um, my mom's boyfriend is the same way. It's kind of funny. Um, you know, I, I get a job in, in professional baseball and, and um, he's like, Oh, you're going to, you must be rich or you're going to be rich making a lot of money. And it's like, you know what? you know, as coaches and as players, like the, the grind to, to get there, like you don't, you don't make as much. And, and the money is no reason for us and any oh, of the yeah, coaches, no. I can promise you for taking the jobs that we do because we truly love what we do. But it's funny that a lot of, you know, just the general public um, thinks that the, these players are making a ton of money in the minor leagues, but you know, the, the, what they're doing is they're pursuing a dream for the opportunity to make you know some really good money once they get you know up into the big leagues or they get protected on the 40 man baseball is truly different well i'm not hating on any other sports but baseball you gotta they'd be absolutely 100 percent in you yeah. sacrifice for that one you do and and um you know you said it earlier it is such a mental game yep. and a mental sport that you are going to fail again, another cliche, but you know, you fail seven out of 10 times and you're best at what you do. But, um, you know, the failure that goes into it, you almost have to rewire your brain. And we talk about it a lot from the player development side, you know, getting players comfortable with failure and getting rid of the fear of failure because it's going to happen. And what's hard in the game of baseball right now, going all the way down to the youth level and I'll kind of talk about my facility standpoint is you've got all these players at the youth level. They are really, really good. But as players get bigger and as they grow and the competition, you know, like gets a little bit tighter, um, you know, the best players, you know, the strongest will survive. It's irrelevant, man. You're going to fail. And what's hard is when you've had all this success in the past, and then you go through a grind of a, a minor league season and you're starting to fail. Like, how do we overcome that? And I look at a lot of the, the high school, you know, first rounders and, and you know, top five round picks in this year's draft, they're phenomenal talents. And uh, I can't wait to see them you know, thrive and, and, and succeed, but you know, they are going to have to go through 
some type of struggle. It's, yeah. it's going to happen. So how they overcome that is going to be the differentiator in their careers. And that's, what's really cool to see too, is, you know, this game of, of baseball slash life is all about handling adversity and, and growing and, and learning from your struggles and, and, and continue to push forward, which is, which makes it so interesting, like you said, and makes it so fun to be a part of. Yeah. So let's uh, wrap it up a little bit. Uh, do you have any advice for the listeners? You know, I think when you talk about pursuing a passion, um, I think we as humans want things right away. Yeah. And we are not willing to sacrifice the time and the commitment that it takes to, to you know, get better and build and build and build. Um, it, it can be hard. You know, I'll look at my standpoint, and I know I'm on the player development side, but mm-hmm. um, I certainly wanted to, to get into professional baseball. And I said one of my biggest regrets is not, you know, after I got released with the Giants, reaching out to, to the coaches again and just kind of shutting that door because I was so mad. You know, I was my playing career, my dreams were crushed, right? Yeah. Um, but I kind of just wrote that off in a sense of, you know, I'm, I guess, you know, pro ball is probably not going to be for me, but I want to dive into, you know, player development and I want to start this facility and I want to grow in my coaching. And um, sure enough, you know, seven, eight years down the road, I get an opportunity. And, um, you know, they might say I'm lucky. They might say I'm fortunate. And I, I'm, I am lucky and I am fortunate. Um, but you look at the eight years yeah. that I, you, I, I developed, you know, you, I understood how to in. run. Yeah. And I, I figured out how to run a business. I figured out how to um, grow teams. I figured out how to mess up a lot of players. I'll, I'll be the first one to be <laughs> honest. And then I also figured out how to, you know, connect and, and, and develop players as well yeah. and, and, and grow my understanding and knowledge of the game. And, you know, not to go too deep down the weeds here, but we got something called the, you know, we've got a ton of, of biases, right. And, and mm-hmm. um, you've got the, the Dunning Kruger effect. And, and basically, you know, when we, when we're new at something, um, you know, we think we have it all figured out. And then as you, as you move on through, you realize that you don't know shit <laughs> and, you know, knowledge, um, knowledge uh, comes or wisdom comes from, from knowledge and time. Yeah. And, and we have to be willing to, to put in the time to, to grow. We have to be patient. Um, and, and we have to try to connect, you mm-hmm. know, I think, I think an email to the front office of a major league team saying you want to get into to marketing or, or baseball operations or whatever is not going to cut it. And if you expect a, a response back right away, like you gotta, you gotta pursue and yep. pursue and pursue. So I, I think the biggest thing is, is, is to, to be optimistic, to work your tail off um, and then continue to push because things do not happen overnight. And um, if they did you know, tell me where to go, um, or, <laughs> oh, or, yeah. or I'd love to create that. Cause I, uh, I would not be where I am right now. No one, no, no one would. Um, but that's the beauty of what we do. And that's the beauty of coaching baseball. There's so many parallels to life. Yep. It's not easy. And it's about just getting better every day, putting your head down and, um, you know, not thinking that, you know, things are going to just automatically happen for you and not feeling sorry for yourself when you don't have those happen. And that's not easy, mm. but 
um, you know, just continuing to say, I have this goal in mind and this dream and continue to push and push and push. And um, you can look back at least at the end of the day in, in 10, 15, 20, 30 years, um, you know, that, that we gave it our all. And the last thing I'll say with that is um, I'm sure you're, you're in marketing or, or have a, a goal of getting to marketing. And I'm sure you follow Gary Vaynerchuk and um, you're all oh, yeah. around that and everybody is. Um, but it's crazy how he talks about perspective and, um, you know, some motivation things. And I'll never forget this probably a couple of years ago. And he said, you know, give me three words that will motivate me. And this is someone asking him and he goes back, you know, you're going to die. And that's four, I guess. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's crazy that, um, you know, some people take things for granted. Some people play the pity card. And then some people, when they get in their mid twenties or early thirties, they think like, oh gosh, I have to have, I have to have that six figure job. I have to, you know, I should be at my goals here at 30. And you realize like, man, I have another 35 years to work. So I still have more years, hopefully to, to work than I've been on this freaking planet. Yeah. Um, so we, we get, you know, back to my patience things, we get so, um, you know, rushed in our timelines and, and we forget about, you know, just being patient and, and working our ass off. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Mason, I, I wish you the best of luck uh, with loaded bases and in your career. And, and if I can help out in, in any way, I'd be more than willing to come back on the show. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing this thing take off. Big thank you to Kyle Wilson. Also, if you're curious to see what his podcast is, it's called Controlling the Zone. They center it around player development and talk to lots of different players, coaches, facility owners. There's way more sides to baseball than just what's on the field. And player development, that is one big key feature that we need to realize is out there. I also want to say thank you to everyone who has supported me through this process. And I am thankful that we are going past that number seven podcast. And as of right now, of me recording this, the craziest thing that I have came across that the Loaded Bases podcast, we are the number one baseball podcast in the country of Denmark. Absolutely insane. But hey, that's a start. Loaded Bases, we're going to keep on coming. Episode 7 of many. As always, a huge thank you to Routine Baseball for many of the apparel that I wear throughout the episodes. Routine Baseball has got me covered. They started out of a basement producing tees and now they are shipping apparel across the globe. Go check them out. Oh, and go Cubs.